This is breaking news. The show officially has a budget. The show will now be allowed $20 a week. Awesome. Now that the show has $20 a week, you can actually run a show now. Because apparently it is really hard to run a show with 30 cents. Okay, anyway. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Recording in Progress. Once again, we're on the eighth episode now, and we still don't know what we're doing. Isn't that right? Yeah. Oh, and as always, no memes were harmed in the making of this podcast. Wait, we actually harm our memes? Since when? No, uh-huh. no, we the no memes were harmed. Oh, no memes were harmed. Okay. Can't say the same thing about the poor Xbox, though. I, I don't uh... know what happened. All right, welcome, welcome back. Oh, it's good to be back. Yeah, how are you doing on this fine evening? Um, I'm doing great. <laughs> <laughs> because it just has been way too long of a week, so we're all just deep fried and don't know what else better to do. Well, well how American of us being deep fried. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. Truly high art to be deep fried. It's glorious. Something that Europeans will never understand is the beauty of just deep frying yourself. Don't at me. Mm, yeah. Anyway, tonight's show is going to be an interesting one for those just tuning in. We're going to be talking about the art of tabletop RPGs, and I'm getting the idea that you're pretty hyped for this episode. Oh, very. Excellent, excellent. This is going to be this is going to be a good time. So, as we, you know, always go through some beautiful segues into our topics of the episode, how experienced are you with the dark arts of tabletop? Uh, pretty much nada. All right. Interesting. I've, I've started collecting them. Like, I have a few systems under my belt, but I'm not, I wouldn't call myself experienced yet. All right. Well, that's all right. I mean, I'm in the same deal here, yet we're going to be talking about it a whole lot, because there's a lot that goes into quite a bit of tabletop. But before we begin into that, uh, no, it's not going to be a sponsorship. This show just officially started getting a $20 budget. Yeah, a whole <laughs> 20 bucks. Oh, yeah, I mean, man. apparently, like explained at the beginning, it's hard to run a show with 30 cents. Uh, yeah. So as we as we get down to it, we're going to be taking on a quick crash course of what we mean by tabletop RPGs. So a tabletop RPG usually is done with pen and paper. You create a character on what is referred to as a character sheet. I know, mind-blowing stuff. Truly groundbreaking. Absolutely. And you use your this thing called your imagination, right, to traverse high fantasy lands sometimes it can be science fiction sometimes it's a weird mashup of the two some people even set this sort of thing in the present day mm, those guys are weird anyway yeah we call on. them we call them crazy people anyhow yeah. next you will take usually a set of dice it's usually a set of seven different side seven different multi-sided die ranging from four to twenty yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Should have anyway. done this one back in April. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Anyhow. And these dice are the most important thing in the game because that's how you find out how successful you are at certain actions. That's how you'll roll for damage in combat. It's how you'll do everything. Well. Just about everything. For, for, that isn't for your imagination. Systems, yeah. Yeah. We're starting on the roots. Yeah. Always starting with the roots before we start diving into uh, all the funny stuff. So, this might just be me seeing this, too. But I'm going to ask you the same question. Have you been realizing that tabletop games, specifically stuff like Dungeons and Dragons, have just kind of exploded again in the past couple of years? Oh, yeah. Um, I've definitely picked up on a lot of people are finally you know kind of curious Jumping about into it. it yeah and that's kind of when i started too i was um i uh ran it i just decided i wanted to try it out without knowing how popular it actually was so yeah same i mean easily the last five years have seen this massive explosion in tabletop games mm-hmm Comic book stores and game stores the world over are quite excited for this. Oh, uh, yeah. Because sure. business is booming. Business is booming, yeah. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, I know I'm in the same boat, too. I started playing back, like, 20... I'd say 2018? 2018? Oh, really? That, yeah. that late? Okay, so we're not, we're not too far off, then. Yeah, because... I'm pretty sure it might be the same story with some people, but I honestly started getting into it around <laughs> there's around the time I watched this episode of the show Futurama. Remember that show? Oh yeah. There was one of the it was one of the direct to DVD movies where Bender got addicted to Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> See, and, now that, that, that feels unfair. Addicted is a strong word. Well, when you're a robot. Mm. Anyhow. And I was just like, oh, this seems kind of neat. I need more. Mm. But I think a lot of it started to take off. I'd say around when Stranger Things got popular. Oh, yeah. Like really definitely. big. They brought back the new one, cola. <laughs> the new Coke, yeah. That'll be for another day. Yeah. Write that down and then watch the whole budget and then some go to try it. Yeah. Oh, write that down, write that down. We yeah, need write to it down. Uh, do a reaction podcast. Do a live stream. At least that's what they call it. Anyhow, it's, I would say at least around when Stranger Things got popular, mm-hmm. people started to get renewed interest in the game. Mm-hmm. At least in Dungeons & Dragons' case. Because I was like, oh, wow, look at that. I want to be a cool nerd too. Let's cool. all start playing again. See, I, I feel like what happened was a lot of nerds had kids, and then those kids saw how nerdy their parents were, but still liked the nerdy things their parents did. So we had a lot of cool kids who suddenly liked nerdy things. And you might be under that one, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it. Certainly does, yeah. And I mean, I'm looking at stuff right now. 
because the most recent edition of Dungeons and Dragons only been out since about 2014. Hmm. So, Just to give uh, some perspective. I missed the boat by that much, didn't I? <laughs> yep, I think we all did. I could have had a really fun experience with 4th edition. <laughs> oh, believe me, I've been reading through the 4th edition player's handbook. It is a scary thing to read. It is just intimidating. Mortal Kombat! Yep. That'd be a fun uh, campaign. Yep. And then looking through it right now, too. Yeah, I think a lot of it just started to explode around 2014, 2015. Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm just starting to pull up some numbers now. Hmm. Because, yeah, first season of Stranger Things comes out in 2016. And next thing yeah. you know... Oh. And the next thing you know, everyone's playing Dungeons & Dragons again. And some people got tired of Dungeons... The people who were playing Dungeons & Dragons at the time moved on to Pathfinder. Yep. I think a lot a... of that come too. I and... mean, even back in 4th edition, everyone was like, okay, this is whack. <laughs> Yeah, so Pathfinder is essentially a different flavor of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I think, I think when I was reading about it, it was something. I think Pathfinder is technically the final bridge between this version three point five and fourth edition. Yeah, because it took a lot from three point five. Now that's where the fun begins in terms of funky. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't know much about that. Yeah. Oh, and I've only dug a little bit, only because out of pure curiosity, I was like, hmm, let's find something other than 5th edition. Anyhow, we'll get to war flashbacks about tabletop in just a second. We're on the popularity surge. <laughs> hmm. And yes, I mean war flashbacks. Terrible. Fellas and females. Terrible. Terrible. Great. But terrible things sound like that that old shopkeeper from Harry Potter. He it was great, but terrible. Such is the way of life, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. This is just something that's been seen a lot. Is that yeah? Since like 2016, it has been very back in the spotlight because of that, and then when Critical Role exploded to the point where. Literally, just full-blown miniatures were made that you could find yeah. in game stores. So Critical Role actually is would be one of my major introductions into becoming a DM, though. Yeah, because uh, for those was... who don't know, <laughs> for those who don't know, the DM is the dungeon master. Basically, uh, the ones that'll gather the group. Push the group through the adventure. Uh, yeah, the most the, part. The game master. The, the game sort of, master. Sort of like a referee that ha actually gets to be more involved in the game than just, you know. Except unlike a ref, a dungeon master actually does her job. I was going to try to avoid that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That'll be it. it for the sports shows in the fall. Stay yeah. tuned. Umpires. Mm. Anyway. Anyhow. Yeah. Continue. Sorry. But, um, um, critical role. I, I kind of, so critical role then led me to 
this guy here. Let me pull it up. Pull it up. Um, I believe his name would be it was. Let me find it real quick. I had it written down in somewhere. I have it um, written down. You don't know where the story of my life. Yeah, that that kind of happens. Um, yep. But he he was wrecking Matthew Corwell. Um, he did this series that's just straight up called, um, that's just called like uh, running the game or something like that. It's a uh, he's he's uh, he started Arcana, um, which oh, is yeah. a which is a. A magazine with like a one-shot adventure in it and some really cool art and ideas which I'd really love to um, really love to start doing sometime um, yeah maybe we it, it, that'd be for when we get a group with a, uh, a a little bit longer attention span fair enough I'm just saying he his for the first episode was just phenomenal because that's what got me hooked into like a, someone's going to have to be the guy running it. Everyone's going to want to be a player. So, um, what's how, how did you how do you do it? What do you do? Um, and that's so it kind of it went from I'd like to try it to um, to realizing what needed to be done. And then having a finding a fun group of people who did funny voices for living, which I was I really enjoy. Oh man, and I would love to do that too. They sent to Matthew Corwell, who taught me a lot, and I still rewatch his like some of the more basic stuff from the beginning. Like the the series is just called Running the Game, and he's like teaches you the differences between the additions. He does he there's a a live stream just called let's build a world together he t he really gives you the rundown and it's so good it's so much fun very um, high caliber content it sounds like yeah and one of my other the other guys i run into a lot is um dungeon craft he's like that's his th that's another guy you could run into and he does a lot of reviews and you know, yeah. explaining the older editions. He's the one who introduced me to like hardcore D and D, which is essentially adding f f like first edition rules to five E and how to run that, and so it feels more gritty, right? Interesting. That's so it's just more of a time for the DM to actually go out and murder the players, yeah, more than it, normal. And that's how I. That's how that's how my uh, journey started during that popularity surge. Fair enough, yeah. I mean, with my during the surge, I got into a lot of the comedy side of it and the memes. Yeah. Like, you've probably seen the crap guide to D&Ds. Oh, yeah. I, see, I watched them as they came I have out. Watched, I loved it. I've watched them all multiple times over. Yeah. Because, yeah, once that started happening and I started getting into really having fun playing the game. I was like, well, it's time to laugh at it because memes are the greatest. Yeah, yeah. But once uh, I started, uh, once I started doing campaigns, like DMing campaigns, I just thought, let's just keep this going because yeah, I 
that's like a different approach to learning how to DM. I legit just went through a dungeon master's guide and was like, all right, let's, let's pick out some pieces and write up a world. And yeah. I've done that twice. So what, what would, um, speaking of worlds, would you be willing to share with the people at home some of your worlds you've made? Sure, sure. So I think one of my favorite worlds that I've built for a player group mm-hmm. was a steampunk campaign mm. where at the end of the campaign, I basically had to take down what would, like the evil empire company of the world. But out of that steampunk world, I ended up getting a little bit too deep into the lore of that world, which is leading me to write deeper into a one piece of the lore. And you want to know what that piece of lore was? A fisherman oh. clan. It was oh. a fisherman clan. I remember this. I remember this fondly. Go on. Yes, because I ended up writing an entire family tree of fishermen. And as I kept thinking about it and just writing and writing, I ended up creating fishermen clans and ocean territories. Because as I wrote it, since pirates moved to the sky, fishermen rule the oceans. All right. And, and the oceans just got wild, man. Like sea monsters everywhere. Because that's sometimes what will happen. If you try and brew your own worlds, you'll get way too deep into into a few different things. And the next thing you know, it's like, well, shoot, I can just write a bunch of campaigns in this one world. Yeah. Which might be the smarter thing to do. See, the the, the way I end up going about is I, I latch on to a gimmick, right? When I make a world. So I was, I was spoiled. My first um, tabletop RPG was the Fantasy Flight Star Wars game before Disney bought um, Star Wars. And so I was playing, um, I had that whole world to mess around with that was already built for me, right? And so that left more towards the story. I didn't have to worry about anything Aside from, well, you know, what happens if they run into any of the main characters in the in the setting? And one of the things I had to realize was everyone has their own canon in their head, their own head canon of the world. Um, and it's ever changing, right? So I just sort of created my, I started adding stuff to Star Wars, um, which sounds bad, but it really added a, a fun little element and challenge because probably did then, a better job than Disney. Then the, oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> for another time. I, I just that'll wanted, be for a special. Uh, I just wanted to it throw something in there for the nerds that hadn't run into anything like it before, right? Um, and then I slowly ran I ran into um I then transferred over to D&D um, from there, oddly enough, which wasn't yeah. too bad of a leap to learn. But what it did do is teach me the basics of of how abilities work, right? So yeah. I could transfer it from each setting. 
Um, and no, that's now smart. I have I have the Genesis system. I have the Warhammer Fantasy tabletop RPG. I'm mm. probably gonna pick up Cyberpunk and the Expanse. Um, because those are those are worlds I enjoy. And I ran into this one. I, the world I created, though, there's two worlds that I actually created. Um, they're not anything revolutionary. It was a pirate world where it's essentially... I wanted to go back to yielding days with muskets, right? And, and flintlock pistols. And pirates. Yeah. Um, and I created... I added a lot of pirate mythology to it. Which there is, if people didn't know about that. You know, you got Davy Jones Locker, you got, you know, the Kraken, you got mermaids, you got ghost ships, you got plenty to work with. You got plenty there's a lot to work with, yeah. Um, and then you got all the countries surrounding it, and then you just add a fancy flair to it, right? The second yeah. one um was a monster hunter world. Um, and this was fun Ooh. because it was more of a each fight is close to a puzzle, right? And so instead of um, instead of you know, oh, I just brought his you know his health down to zero, which all the enemies have what we call HP or health points. Yeah, you, you break them down to zero, you win. The bad guy died, right? Well, yeah, yeah. In, in this world, it's not so simple. It's closer to the Witcher style. Of, do you know about the Witcher? Yeah, I played it once. He's like a medieval monster hunter, and he, yeah, he, yeah, you track down the monster. You have you maybe you need to use silver, or maybe you need to use iron to defeat it, right? Or maybe you need to use a special powder and poison its food, right? It's like you're actually hunting the the this creature that's been terrorizing a village, right? Well, I went yeah. and. Added that to like a a Victorian English. It, it, I created my own family tree back to your steampunk fisherman tree, where it was <laughs> it was sort of like a legacy of like it was sort of fam- the family business, and then World War One rolled around, and so I added a little bit of history because what happened to all the fan, you know, Europe had a lot of fantasy, a lot of folklore in it, right? For a long time, what happened to those fantasy creatures when they're exposed to the chemical warfare and their natural habitat was like destroyed, right? And I, and so the whole game, there's actually only one. Sorry, that was that me, or I don't know what that was. I don't know either. There was a lot of don't ask questions, it's it's don't worry about it anyway. Um. There's only one tabletop system which I still might end up getting to add to my collection called Vessen. And it's what's that? It's Vessen, I believe, is German or Swedish for hmm. like a monster or something like that. Uh, I think I don't know, it, it, but it is a system. But it's exactly what I pictured, like the older days of the the house to be. Um, and so instead of, um, you'd have low hit points, which is the player's health points, and you would have a lot of, um, 
there you wouldn't necessarily there wouldn't be much magic involved though that's the thing is the magic would be kind of gritty where it'd be kind of rough to use and that's sort of the two worlds i ended up making i kind of went yeah. a little far into the, the monster hunter world but those yeah. are aside from like the holiday special world which is like just all the holidays West Side Story gangs and the <laughs> campaign, right? That's what I do. Yeah, and it's always open for for anyone because, like, I think at the where it stands in the world's lore, I think Thanksgiving got overtaken by I think it was Halloween or Christmas. Mm. Yeah, it was Thanksgiving because it was the opposite of what happened in real life, where you always. That have just to sounds like an easy out. way to have murder turkeys and slasher villain football. Oh yeah, pretty much. It was. It's great. <laughs> you can you can build your Jason or Nightmare on Elm Street character if you want to be part of the Halloween gang, or in like the 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 Christmas gang is is closer to the mafia, right? Where they have Santa's the Godfather. You got, oh, man. you got Rudolph running around, you know, with an ice pick. You know, like Rudolph it. the red-nosed hitman. <laughs> Rudolph the red-nosed hitman, and you got his his friend, this, uh, Frosty the Snowman, with a Thompson, right? It's some uh, the Chicago typewriter. You got <laughs> <laughs> you got uh, you got Mrs. Uh, yeah, it was. I had a whole intro for when Christmas rolls around, where it's like. And and nothing was peeping through all the house. Not even. And nothing was peeping they... through the home. Until the brawl started breaking out at the Thunderdome. <laughs> Until Jimmy said, nothing made a peep in the house. Not even Jimmy, who was tied under the house, right? Um, Except unless your name was Vito, and then Vito never shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, welcome to uh, Mafia Impressions. Uh, this is what you get. <laughs> you know, Easter, you're like a brother to me. Hey, Even though you're celebrating the Lord's death, I respect you, Easter. But then you had to go on and backstab me with, with, with St. Patty's Day. Yeah. Anyway, you can have a lot of fun with the, um, with the, the holiday gang wars setting and it's for everyone anyone can use it uh, it's very flexible. the swiss army knife of campaign settings uh special holiday special um have yep. you is um so you had the steampunk fisherman steampunk world um, yeah i remember you did a lot of like metal bands for names and whatnot but have you have you come up with any I, other worlds i'm actually working on a new world right now oh please so give us a sneak peek all right so Imagine this, right? I ended up coming up with this after a night of binging hard metal and writing through and just reading through D and D books. Fun combo. But I came to the conclusion that I wanted to write a world where imagine like slasher villains, like a Freddy or Jason type, mm-hmm. but make that into a cult, like yeah, a okay. cult of slasher villains. All right. That you have to spend the adventure investigating. Like a Scooby-Doo adventure? Like a Scooby-Doo meets Resident Evil. 
He created a Scooby-Doo campaign, folks. I don't believe it. <laughs> Breaking news again. First the budget, and now Scooby-Doo campaigns with slasher villains and hard metal. <laughs> Sounds like magic. Oh, yeah. But yeah. No, no, it's great, because you can have, like, the band members, like, fight off the monsters with, like, JoJo stands or something. Um, <laughs> don't give me any funny ideas now. Oh, no, I, I have yet to tell you about one of the worlds I heard of that, uh, systems that, uh, please, continue. Okay, because, yeah, and then at some point in the adventure, you can either choose to fight against the Slasher Guild, as I'm calling them, for now, or mm-hmm. you could choose to join them and wreak havoc on one of their fine, high-quality escapades. Sounds like a murder hobo's wonderland. Murder Hobo Wonderland with a lot more death growls. So, uh, Murder Hobos are people who just like to run around someone's campaign world and murder everything. Yep. It is, in fact, Murder Hobo Paradise, except with a lot... I'd almost want to run it as like a as like a horror campaign. Make it like one of those slasher horror movies, like a campaign. Yeah. Uh, it'd just be fun. And it would probably run a lot better than some of the uh, war flashbacks, war stories I have from campaigns past. Yeah. Because that's how it goes sometimes. See, the thing about being a DM, though, is you always come up with like a bajillion ideas, but you You gotta have players. You you gotta have players to play. You gotta have players, you gotta put it to paper. Yeah. And it's also difficult. Yeah. I mean, I've come yeah. up with my fair share of ideas for worlds. Like, yeah, the, same. But then it gets lost the second I go to sleep. I don't have that issue. I'm sorry you do, but I I always end up waking up with more ideas. See, I do too. It's just I lose the ideas that I come up with the previous night. Well, that's why I, I so. And then they so, come back at weird times. Anyway, yeah. I'm not here to talk about my brain. Well, one of the ways I, I remember my greatest ideas is I'll, I'll, I'll give a rough rundown in, like, a Google Doc. Like, I'll use a voice-to-text uh, text-to-speech um, thing on my phone with a Google Doc before I go to yeah. bed. And then I'll wake up the next morning and try to make sense of it. <laughs> <laughs> now, like, this okay. is the strategy. To all you aspiring DMs, write this down. This is gold. Uh, totally legitimate gold. We're although, not trying to sell you some bootleg. <laughs> Although Stephen King would say the writing stuff down is the best way to immortalize bad ideas, and that is that is true. Um, I'll let to the guy who made the greatest tool ever made. Yeah, and I, uh, of course we're talking about duct tape. Yep. I uh, what was it? Um, so one of the things I, I find out is the thing that hooked me on starting up D&D were these war flashbacks, right? Oh, yeah. Um, like, for my my campaign, um, my first one is I made my party um, essentially a suicide squad for Grand Admiral Thrawn in the Star Wars campaign, right? <laughs> And, well, there was a Wookiee that was captured, and he was intent on making it very hard to get through this first part where they, um, 
they deal with they they get them they offer them the the plan right the the idea um and while he started by what when when my when this person of interest who is an albino wookie with a kilt um, he decided he was going to urinate on one of the guards, trying to get his attention. Well, how does one get to that point? Well, he failed at trying to escape in many different ways. And so he figured the best way to get this guy's attention was to, to you know, aim for the frame for the skies. Um, stinking up the place, and so they chained up this Wookie, and they got him all. They got him all like, like he like put him. They put him up against the wall and hosed him down. And so for the first part of the campaign, we had a Wookie that smelled like flowers for the first time in history. Uh, <laughs> this is high art in action. Um, that was that was like the most tame thing that Wookie did too. Like I'm not, that's not even counting about the time where they were in like a gang territory, and he tossed a grenade near a water fountain and it started blowing up, starting a full-on gang war in like the lower cities of Coruscant. It's essentially oh my. it wasn't exactly Coruscant, but it was um, close enough. It was close enough. It was a city world, right? Yeah. Wow. And it, to make it better, is they had he had a friend who was an Ewok. Believe it or not. The fantasy flight, or, uh, Star Wars game. If you have like the the allies and adversary books, you get the Tuscan Raider and Ewok races starter stuff, right? Starting XP and stats and and race abilities, yeah. right? Well, this Ewok was obsessed with mouse droids. You know those little black things that scurry around on the floor in the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He collected them, and his goal was to create an army of mouse droids. Oh no! And they were at the, They were trying to find a particular. They were they were infiltrating a black sun. They're basically slave traders. For those of you who don't know, um, they were trying to find a particular prisoner to get back to Thrawn. And he decided the best way to to get in was to use his mouse droid, who had um, an acid attack, because, you know, it was a gift from Thrawn to get this little Ewok on his side. So, okay, you can, you can, you know, I'll give you mouse droids if you help me, right? And it has a little weapon, too, on it. It'll help you happy, right? Hmm. Um, and this thing made it to the security room. But there's a ventilation system that what's after it used its little its little probes to 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 open essentially started a prison riot to get to release everyone he decided his best form of escape if there's this little robot running around unlocking everyone um was to shoot acid into the ventilation system to burn away the the grate so he could you know flee well that blue acid through the ventilation system and onto everybody. Hmm. And the party escaped because of the force user who was able to force away the debris, right? But yeah. you not only had a gang war in the same city, you now had angry black sun slavers after you. 
and let's just say they, they barely made it out. Oh no. Uh, almost reminds me of a derailing story. As, as a DM, I've got one of those. Please share. Okay, so I think it was the first campaign I tried running, which mm-hmm. kind of... I don't remember much about it outside of one thing, to where the adventure I had written got completely thrown to the side because the group thought it would be a lot more fun, a lot funnier, to start running a drug cartel. <laughs> Oh yes, I have I the classic, you know, the drug cartel simulator. Please yeah. continue. Because for some reason I because you know what happens when you're DMing, you gotta improv some things. Somehow some improv led to me making some like a it was like a stimulant powder or something oh, that I made yes. in the campaign. And so the group thought it'd be a great idea to start making the stuff in bulk and run a drug cartel out of a shack. <laughs> of in the course, starting town in the starting town at least I think it was the starting town it was so long ago it didn't even make it out of the starting town oh. it was either the starting town or the next town over same diff so, yeah because yeah. that's how it goes you know everyone's got to have those stories of just derailed adventures so did this end it's well sad, for you? But, uh, no it didn't it, it just kind of ended with everyone dropping the campaign after the drug cartel was complete. Uh, Which, see, I mean, it was kind of disappointing as a DM to see all that hard work go to waste. So, um, when I first did a game with you guys, right, it was the Infinite Ikea, I believe. There was a, oh, yeah, there was an Infinite Ikea campaign. Um, that didn't go anywhere. Um, For those who didn't it, put the pieces of the puzzle together, uh, we do, in fact, play it in. We play it in the same playgroup for a few years. Yeah. So my favorite derailment was we ran into these people who had been trapped in this infinite IKEA, and it's, it's a whole. The whole joke is, yeah, IKEAs are hard to get out of, right? Yes. Um, yeah. and so they they end up getting lost there for so long. They create little nation states, and they've been there for years, and there's generations come and go. But they were, ran into a place where there was a cast system based on how many slots your toaster had, right? So oh, yeah, these, the, the toaster. Yeah. Toaster Kings. Yeah. What a. So it was glorious. That was a, it was beautiful, but man, did it end strange. Because what happened was I came up with a bright idea to grab my other gnome cleric friend. Um, I was a cleric. Uh, we won't get into any of the details with all that. Characters. Until, but we, we ran over to the appliance section, which you'd think would be um, would be cleared out, but it's infinite IKEA, so there's going to be a new one eventually, right? Yeah. At least near another nation state, right? Um, and we grabbed as many toasters as we could and declared ourselves king. Um, however... Beautiful. At the same time, I do believe you are trying to start a communist revolution. revolution. It was either either that or I I can't remember because I think I was trying to start some kind of a revolution of some kind. Really playing a meme character that was basically Gordon Ramsay. Oh, yeah. Because I thought it'd be a funny idea to just play Gordon Ramsay. That was... Of course. Because, to those who haven't put that together, 
Sometimes a campaign could just be played for the memes. For the, for the joke of it, yeah. Yep. Um, I think the next campaign we did um, was your steampunk campaign, actually. Yeah, the one after the Ikea was steampunk campaign. Yeah. Which I'm kind of glad it, I at least got it to a ending. Yeah. Um, but that's really. Yeah. I mean, aside from our short stint on online campaigns that didn't really go anywhere. Um, yeah. Also, oh, those weren't that fun. I can't do it online. It, yeah. I need to be back in person. Yeah. To those who can do campaigns terminally online, good for you. Yeah. You're, you're missing out on a lot, but good for you. Because uh, then you'll miss out on cases where. You know, funny hats can be broken out. Oh yeah, the the part of the experience is dressing up the part. Sometimes, yeah, it could be doing that. Sometimes it's just excellent voice acting. I have Do a plenty whole campaign of black- where I just sound like family guy. <laughs> yeah, I have plenty of blackmail photos of people dressing up goofy. Oh, yes, Save not that, that I'd ever need it. Yeah, not that I'd ever need it or use it. But oh, believe me, everyone's got those pictures of just clowning around. Yeah. Those low quality videos that are just completely recorded on a piece of asparagus. Yeah. Recorded on a toaster. Only on the Xbox 360. On the on the what, what, <laughs> the leap recorded on the leapfrog. <laughs> <laughs> leapfrog. Recorded with a connect. Oh, burn. Yeah, that's just remind people about the Xbox. That's another day. Yeah, that's a that's another thing for another day. That's gonna be for uh it's gonna be for a saga at this point. Yeah. So yeah, when you think about it, yeah, coming back to it, these are just a few stories that we have from groups that we played in and never getting you bring up not being able to play online. Go back to that first thing, because that was not a lot of people played like back in mid twenty twenty. Yeah. Uh, what are you doing right now? Are you are you looking for content right now? Is your <laughs> nonsense? I have plenty of content. Well, it sounds like you're looking for something to to bring up a point. Because if you can't, a point. Uh, no, it's not really a point to just bring up. This is just something that can be talked about. Such is the way of life. Anyway, um, anyway, the the part I had difficult that was most difficult with, um, for online was the the lack of facial expressions. We didn't we don't have cameras in our group, so we weren't able to do like these nice streamers, right? Um, where they can you know they stream their stuff online, or they they all share their screen and whatnot. Yeah, I, yeah. So you lose that personal connection where it's just a, a chorus of voices trying to do things. Outspeak each other, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had the same problem. And then connections would be dropped. And some people would have worse internet than others. And yeah. It was a mess. Or some It pe- was a hot mess. Some people don't show up because they don't have good internet. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, some of the ideas were sounded solid you just couldn't execute them because then 
I mean, not that there's any shortage of online tools to make maps, because we used a lot of... Oh, there were a ton of them, yeah. It's just online sources, but they're almost better for in-person stuff anyway. Yeah. Just bring a laptop with you to the group and start running your maps off a laptop. Yeah. Write that down, everyone. Yeah. There will be a test at the end of the episode. Bring an iPad, bring a phone or something, because I think um, the iP- if you bring like a Kindle or an iPad, you can you can definitely use the online resources to their fullest extent because then you can the, as a DM you can let the player see what their character sees, but not what other characters see as well, which yeah. has a whole new layer to it. Like I sir, I just recently got the Tailspire kicks. It went in like an open like live beta or something like that. Um, and it, it's, 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 you can do a lot with that, but unless you guys like it, yeah. text, as really tech savvy doing stuff over the interways, I, I can't do it. Yeah. I had, this, I, mean, I had the same sort of problem too. It got really annoying. All the tech problems that would be happening. Yeah. If there's anything, if there's a phrase that I've learned to live by. It's that you can't feed your boys DiGiorno over Discord. Oh, yeah, that too. Because sometimes you just need to get a bunch of pizza, a bunch of cold drinks, a bunch of, bunch of the boys around the table. You know, get the fellas, maybe the fellas and females, I don't know, however it goes. That, that's what it can come down to. It can make groups. Just roll with a good time. Yeah. You also have to deal with the the dice on on over the internet. It's oh, that was a that was a pain. Either you like took photos and try to make it look convincing that you totally rolled, you know, twenties twenty time in a row, you know, five times in a row, <laughs> or yeah. you online rollers, which either like were in in the player's favor anyway, or they just. They they just swayed too often. Like, okay, I'm going to be failing the next, you know, ten rolls to see if I succeed at X, Y, Z, or the other thing. Um, or it's oh, I'm rolling high now, so I guess I can start, you know, doing more drastic stuff because I can get away with it. Yeah, it was weird, but now things are getting back to being around people. We're yeah. all back around the tables. Yep. And that was just the rough patch to get back onto smooth sailing. Yeah. So. And on that smooth sailing, we sail into a wall. Yeah. Okay. So, what's your next in-person campaign gonna be? Like, where are you? Where are you going to be attending games soon? Or. I would love to, but finding a new group right now. Because here's the thing that, to the viewers at home, when you leave a group. It's hard to find new groups unless you re- like you really got to put forward the initiative to yeah. gather a new group that wants to play. And now with a lot of the groups I'm finding, it's like, wow, these guys have had campaigns running for nine, nine months, ten months, a year. Yeah. I'd want to run one of those big campaigns that that sounds I hope that yeah the, the campaign that lasts longer than maybe and a few weeks a month or two yeah. yeah 
Because even with my steampunk campaign, I felt like I had to cut it off too short. Yeah, I did feel like, because I was really attached to my character, but there's so much changing. So much changing, and then attention spans wearing off. Yeah. It was sad, because I really enjoyed that world. I was having lots of fun. Uh, It's like my first rogue character. The rogues get fun. Can we can we talk about characters actually? I know it wasn't like a part of our our bullet points, but of of, of things to to steer our totally with. existent outline that we uh, uh, totally <laughs> abide by. Uh, totally abide by somehow. Actually, we kind of do. <laughs> there goes five dollars from the budget to yeah. write up a lawyer. Need a lawyer for five bucks? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You get them off totally. of Craigslist. <laughs> Craigslist lawyers for five bucks. May or may not come with powdered sugar. Uh, Facebook Marketplace for lawyers. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Reddit Place lawyers. Yeah, let's talk and, characters. So the reason why... Because uh, I was really attached to that character because I, I essentially... I try not to do world building with my characters because it's so essentially what I ended up doing was... Um, this this character, I lost a bet, so I had to make a uh, a female character, right? Um, I yeah. made a, 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 a character that had just ex- that had escaped a, a cult, right? And she used to have these roguish abilities from escaping and thriving on the run. Um, uh, but she's still sort of believed kind of in it it was kind of i never we like i said we never got far enough in that never got far enough to develop it to develop anything any of the characters it was disappointing toward because by the end of it i was like man why do i have to end it so soon i mean anyhow this is not the al complains about (laughs) complains about shortened campaigns yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be for something else my Two of my favorite characters was that one because it was more serious, but I, I think it would have to become a tie between my cl- gnome cleric, um, or my druid, um, character called Aku Rangu, um, who oh, yeah. is essentially like that weird like tiki druid guy, who is like a mix mix between Johnny Depp and, um, like a what's another kooky character. Um, Who knows? He, you know, he, he, yeah, I get what you mean. To Johnny Depp, right? And he, um, of course, something out of something goofy, right? Um, and he just—it was all about the mannerisms. Instead of there was this giant buffet set up, and he ignored it completely and just picked up a potted plant and started eating it because he's a vegetarian, right? Yeah. Um, they had a bunch of eggs and sausages, and I'm like, no plant and potted plant. Yeah. Munching on the potted plant, or See, yeah. No, I designed my characters. A lot of the time, it was the angry Scotsman trope. Yes, I remember it quite well. A lot of them were really... My favorite one of the bunch, though, was a druid fisherman. And I played in a... I think it was a pirate campaign. Okay. But a druid fisherman, and I'm pretty sure at some point in the campaign, I got to turn into a dolphin. Oh, sweet. Because sea creatures... A fisherman that can turn into sea creatures. It was so much fun. Mm. 
I wanted more. One of my characters, I believe it was the one trapped in Infinite Ikea, was a cleric to the Church of Raisels, which are these off-brand raisin brand, you know, sort of raisins, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and he would just argue of the just it was just a whole meme the whole time but it's it was going to slowly develop into this sort of lord of the flies situation where he starts sacrificing people into the industrial like fans like you must make the journey to escape the infinite ikea and like the end he just burns the place down or something like that right uh, yeah like i had i have um a character I'm playing for an old Republic Star Wars campaign. That's a Padawan. That's, um, I believe it's Gank, um, which is like a cyborg people in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a Padawan um, who's very impulsive, and I don't know where it's going to go. It's gonna that's where the fun begins. Yeah. yeah. Another great tragedy of so many of these games is that you'll get into just so involved in some of these characters you write. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, so much could have been done. Yeah. A tragedy, to be sure. Um, That's how it goes. What else? Uh, actually, one of the things was... Uh, what was another character that I... I thoroughly enjoyed. There's a lot of characters I never got to use because we were play. I was planning on joining a campaign that just never happened. I know next time I run a character, I'd almost want to run another paladin character. Mm. Which, for those who don't know, paladins are basically holy crusaders. Yes. Um. Because I I could think of so much funny. I could do. Yeah. Just someone say obese crusader. No. Oh. The 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 neckbeard crusader. <laughs> a a fedora. Uh. For many years I have studied the blade. With my mighty Victoria. <laughs> He's got a, like a waifu pillow like on his back. <laughs> He's got the butt. He's just got the baldy pillow and the broadsword. Prepare to face my mighty blade. See, I write my characters in the characters whole impression style, the whole though. Like, I don't... I don't uh, yes, I have my fair share of meme characters, but I prepare my characters with their death in mind. Because characters do die in these games, right? Yep. One of them was, I believe I made a warlock of where he had like a genie was his patron, right? And he carried him in this giant, his vessel was a giant drinking gourd on his, like a sort of gourd on his back, right? Mm. Sort of like Gara from Naruto, right? And he would wander the lands and, and the whole point is his soul would be the, his his life would be the genies after he died or something like that like if if he, you know i don't know if it's like it would be like how, how exactly that works if it's like he gets his soul or something like that or if like it works somehow <laughs> he if he dies he like that's how the contract ends and i don't i don't know like but it's the, the whole point is he's inevitably you know bound to this genie um mm. 
to gain power. Interesting. Um, and I yeah. that's one of my characters I haven't touched yet. Um, well, the future can behold many excellent things. I and am. the weird thing is, the future can behold so much. It almost sounds like the pieces are coming together. I smell a conspiracy again. Uh, sounds awesome. All I smell are conspiracies. And on that note, we have hit the wall. <laughs> and I do believe that this wall says it's time to end the show. Oh, I didn't we, know walls could talk. We're gonna have to go, in part two, we're going to have to talk about harm, homebrew stuff. Oh, that could be a whole episode on its own. We're going to come back to this one of these days. Yeah, we'll have to. As it goes, but the wall won't stop talking to me, or maybe I'm just hearing voices in my head. Have you but drunk the show? I have, I have stayed hydrated. Have you? I don't think he's hydrated, folks. we got to get out of here. Run. The plane man, it won't leave me alone. All right, the walls have stopped talking to me. At least for this episode. Who knows, maybe a part two is needed. Anyway, if you liked tonight's episode of Recording in Progress, follow the show on Spotify. Really helps out for not only following the show, but recommend it around too. Well, that'll be all for tonight, so you know what? We're signing off. <laughs>